Welcome to Spot on Safety, the program designed for safety professionals. Spot on Safety is brought to you by iWorkWise, providing safety knowledge when you need it. For more information about iWorkWise, go to iWorkWise.com. It's time for Spot on Safety, Episode 5, Consumer Product MSDSs, with your hosts, Amy Does and Dan Smiley. Good morning, Amy. How are you? Good morning, Dan. I'm, I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm under 20 inches of snow here in Mount Vernon. We didn't get the 70 miles an hour of wind the National Weather Service was forecasting, but we've got plenty of snow here, and uh, I've been enjoying the heck out of it. Well, me too. I actually went skiing out of my driveway last night, and uh, it looks like Seattle's going to be shut down for a little while, so um, it's looking pretty good here, too. Well, it got me out of work for a a couple of days, so so that was great, although I I don't think my boss thought it was all that thrilling. So MSDSs, this is a topic I, I hear all about. Safety officers are constantly saying, oh, you don't have to have an MSDS for that. That's a a consumer product. You only have that in a household quantity. Uh, I think this is a really misunderstood topic and was hoping that we could kind of put this to bed once and for all. This is all part of the hazard communication standard put out by OSHA. Could you take a minute and talk about hazard communication in a nutshell? Yeah, you know, the hazard communication standard is, is OSHA's right-to-know standard. You have a right to know about the hazards of the chemicals you're working with. And there there's some labeling requirements in the standard. Um, I guess in a nutshell, if, if we go through the uh, the list of things required by hazard, HAZCOM, as everyone likes to call it, uh, you would need a uh, you need to do an inventory of the chemicals in your workplace, and you need to keep that inventory current. And a lot of people don't don't realize they have to have a current list of all the chemicals that they have at their work site in hand. So you have to update that. The best way I found to do that is to do a physical inventory once a year, and then any new products you order, you try to fit those in throughout the year. But it seems like everyone always misses some. So you need the inventory for every chemical on that inventory, you have to have a material safety data sheet or a sheet that has a lot more information than the label has um, available to employees so they can really look up in detail what that chemical will do to them before they use it or whenever they're curious about it. So um, you have to do some training. So if people are using materials, you, you train them a bit in the hazards of those materials. Um, if you have a workplace with only a couple, you can uh, train them in the specific materials, but sometimes there's three, 400 chemicals in a, at a work site. And uh, it makes more sense to train them according to toxics or or uh, flammables and those kinds of things and then show them how to read an MSDS and they can look things up for themselves. So there's some training requirements. Also labeling. You have to have a label on every container of hazardous materials no matter basically what. Uh, you need to have, even if you write on it with a Sharpie, you've got to identify um, the, what that material is inside that container. That could be a portable sprayer, one of those little spray bottles. You could transfer a material um, to a cup. 
you know, and, and you should write on it so people don't uh, I know of several instances of people drinking things that were actually in drinking cups um, that someone just had there temporarily. So there's all those all those requirements are in the hazard communication standard. So with the material safety data sheet, um, the, the idea is is to give you a lot more information than what's on the label. And to give you an example, uh, I had a call from my brother in Alaska a couple weeks ago, and he's a woodworker. And he got a new finishing material, and all it had on the label was danger, danger, skull and crossbones, and and a few things like that gave him the impression that uh, he didn't really want to be breathing that in. And it also said things about it being flammable, but it wasn't very specific. So um, I downloaded the MSDS for the pro uh, for the product for him because um, in his workplace it's a small shop, and they aren't. Uh, that up on a, the code of federal regulations. So uh, anyway, it ends up that there's a lot of hazards and there's a lot of information in that MSDS about how to protect himself. That is a heck of a lot more than what's on the label. So the spirit of this whole thing, which has been in place since the early 80s, is that um, people need that information. Uh, and if they are, are educated on what the hazards are, then they're going to take appropriate steps because they don't really want to have kids with birth defects or get cancer in 20 years just to just so someone had the cabinets with the best possible finish on them so anyway that might be more than what you want Dan but that's kind of the hazard communication in a nutshell and why these MSDSs are required yeah it's not talk about uh, labeling I, somewhere on my computer I've got floating around a picture of one of those portable sprayers somebody had one chemical in it that they were using and then uh, without having labeled anything, even though the thing was empty, somebody came behind them and put something else into it, and uh, the thing blew up. Yeah, I, I remember that one, and it blew up, I think, within, you know, it was within 10 to 30 seconds, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really short. They were really lucky. The person who was using it happened to have set it down and had walked away in order to do something. And in the meantime, the thing swelled and exploded, and you can see the plastic edges. And this, those things are not insignificant in the wall thickness of the plastic it actually has charge edges it got so hot melted and charred and it must have been a pretty impressive explosion yeah and that's just a, an acid residue with chlorine you know bleach put in so it, it's more or less chemicals you can buy at home depot or, or lowe's or anywhere else um, that can cause that kind of thing yeah so that does illustrate i think you know, why it's important, you should know what the heck you're doing. With chemicals, there's a lot of weird things that can happen. So this issue of consumer products or the words that often get bandied about by safety managers, household quantity, I hear all the time, oh, I don't need to have an MSDS for that because I have it only in a household quantity. So the example that I like to use is WD-40. Here at home, I have a can of WD-40. I've had the same can of WD-40 for the last 10 years. A little squirt on my bike chain, a little squirt on the locks, padlocks on the gate, etc., and I'm good to go. I bought it at the grocery store. Uh, I only have the one can. I think that meets the OSHA definition of a consumer product in a household quantity. But in my workplace, I have a case of the stuff on the shelf and I have multiple cans of it in vessel engine rooms, in, in machine shops, all, all over the place. It's the same product, so why do I need to have an MSDS for 
it in one situation and not in the other? Well, it, it comes out. One thing is OSHA only applies to employees. So um, when you're in a role as an employee, then then uh, OSHA applies, and then the hazard communication standard applies. But what, what a lot of people hang their hat on, what they're talking about with consumer quantities, is the uh, paragraph in the hazard communication standard, and it's B69. So 1910.1200 B69. And it says, any consumer product or hazardous substance, as those terms are defined in the Consumer Product Safety Act and the Federal Hazard, Hazardous Substances Act, where the person, where the employer can show that it is used in the workplace for the purpose intended by the chemical manufacturer or importer of the product, and the use results in a duration and frequency of exposure which is not greater than the range of exposures that could reasonably be expected by consumers when used for the purpose intended. So if we boil that down to a little bit more plain speak, um, basically, if you're using the material, if it is in the same duration and frequency of exposure um, as it would be to someone who is using it at home, then you would be required to, this would fall under the hazard communication standard. You'd have to have an MSDS and you'd have to have training and it would have to be on your inventory sheet. So um, that the duration and the frequency of exposure is the key element here when we're talking about whether or not a chemical is exempted under uh, a consumer product. So I have a bottle of uh, Windex, and I keep it up in the office, and you know, once a week I have uh, one of the employees wash the insides of the office windows, three windows, less glass actually than I have in my living room. And that's the only bottle of Windex that I have in the entire work site. That sounds like it meets the definition of a consumer product used in household quantity under this standard. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I think so for the most part. However, you know, as a consumer, I don't, my Windex, uh, I probably use it every eight months or something. So I don't know how much you're cleaning your wheelhouse windows, but, uh, um, there's actually a letter of interpretation, and it was um, it was published in the standard interpretation section on the OSHA website. Um, the date of the letter is April 14, 2005, and they're talking about consumer products and maintaining MSDSs. Um, and the question that was asked, um, it, the question was, uh, the offices of my client purchase products such as Windex and office cleaner, so their employees may clean their workstations. Is this would these be considered exempt? And the answer OSHA gave is, you have indicated that these products are provided by your client for employees for the occasional cleaning of workstations and not in situations related to a required work assignment. So there's some keywords there. If your client's employees utilize the office cleaning products, you mention Windex and office cleaner with the frequency and duration as that of a normal consumer, then these cleaning chemicals um, the use would fall under the, the household quantity exemption for consumer products. Um, a consumer product that is used in a workplace in such a way that the duration and frequency of use are the same as that of a consumer is not required to be included in an employer's hazard communication program. Um, so OSHA is really, I think, in, these, in this interpretation and in another one as well, they're really looking at duration, and frequency of use, and also that keyword I was I was talking about earlier, situations uh, 
related to a required work assignment. So if you're the engineer on the boat, for instance, Dan, and, and uh, you have WD-40, you've got a case of it. As an engineer on a boat, you're probably using it a heck of a lot more than uh, than you would be at your house for that one can that's in your shed. So I think if you have an engineer on the boat and you're using those chemicals and he's got all that equipment to maintain, it would be pretty hard sell to say that that is a consumer uh, used in a consumer uh, frequency range and with the same duration as a consumer. So since you have one employee on the boat that's using it more, um, I think you can't use that exemption. So if OSHA came in to audit my work site and they found a chemical uh, for which I did not have an MSDS and I said to them, hey, uh, I'm, I'm, I have this chemical, it's here under the... Uh, Consumer products, household quantity exemption. What is the inspector going to to do? Is he going to simply accept that? Is he going to start asking questions? Uh, do they assume that you're probably not using it in a household quantity way off the bat? What what is OSHA's track record on this? Well, there's a huge variability with inspectors. You know how you get some that are more reasonable or some that are, are very hard-headed or whatever. So I don't, I don't know what the inspector's going to do, but I, what I would do if I was them, and I think most, most of the good inspectors will, is as soon as you say that, they're going to try to establish the duration and frequency of use. So that will tell them if, uh, if, you're, if you're, what you're saying is true. So it would be, I think if they have the, the time and they're there for that inspection, that's their next duty is to try to come up with uh, with how it's being used and the, at the facility. So I think just saying that as a tagline, oh, it's consumer product, consumer frequency, I think that's not going to work. I think it really needs to be true, and, uh, and, and any ocean inspector worth their salt is going to ask those next questions. And they're probably going to ask it of your employees, right? Take somebody aside and say, hey, you know, how often do you use this and what do you use it for? Of course. You, you bet they will. Employee interviews is a very important aspect of an OSHA inspection. I know you work with a lot of clients putting together their MSDS books and helping to establish their hazard communication standard program. When you're looking at the chemicals that a client has in their workplace, what do you advise them? How, Which chemicals would you leave out? Do you leave out any? I don't leave out any, Dan, and I, I don't just because... Um, uh, why go on the slippery slope? Um, and the number of chemicals that that would apply to, um, and if someone, if the number of chemicals that that would apply to, I think would be pretty small proportionally in the work in the industrial sites and ships that I go on. Um, so why bother? You already have a working hazard communication program, and then you have this duty to prove to the ocean inspector that you're using it in consumer quantity. So I, I might use it. I don't know. I, there could be one or two things on, on the ship or what, that uh, aren't worthy of getting the MSDS for because it's used so rarely and it's just a ubiquitous household material that no one's assigned to use in the course of their job and it's just available to them. But you know, there's a lot of decision making and judgment calls in, in that in there. And uh, you know, occasionally I found consumer products that I thought had some troubling hazards. So I normally just get get all of them. Well, that's good advice. It's certainly not what I'm currently doing in the workplace, but maybe what I should be doing. Anything in closing? I think we've covered this topic pretty darn well. 
Uh, I can't think of anything specifically, Dan. I just think that uh, that these MSDSs are they're kind of a mix. I, I guess one thing I'd like to say is that these things are a mixed bag. Is is how often do you really look at them? I mean, I've been in workplaces where you had MSDSs. You try to replace them about every five years or so, so that they're relatively current. As the old ones certainly look a lot different than the new ones sometimes, and uh, it's a huge pain. It has to be one of the most time-consuming aspects of maintaining a safety program. Um, you're also kind of in this situation where, you know, one little chemical from Home Depot could creep on the boat and o Ocean Spectre finds it, and you've tried to do everything right, and you don't have the dang MSDS for it, and it's just something you get at Home Depot, like I said, and, and uh, you know, then you're nailed and you have this fine. Um, it takes a huge amount of resources for whenever someone may want to look at it, which could be never. So I think that this standard is due for an update. Um, so on my wish list is that uh, OSHA maybe has has the uh, manufacturers give their materials an OSHA number, and uh, you can there'd be an online database, and everybody could pitch into this thing a little bit, and I think it would be well worth it rather than every individual worksite downloading and printing all these MSDSs every five years and trying to track these things is, is uh, have the inventory of chemicals but have an online database where uh, you have all the MSDSs and each material instead of you know trying to figure out what name the material is and find the right MSDS for it can just have that OSHA number on it. You know, times have changed. This standard came out in the early 80s and there wasn't the internet for all practical purposes then so um, now that there is, uh, I think it would be, it would take a lot, put a lot more safety resources into workplace inspection and some other important things and get that safety manager out of his chair in front of the computer surfing the internet for MSDSs for a month out of every year. Um, so there's, there's a lot more work going into this than what I think it's worthy of. But the, the goal of having people know what they're working with is, is, is uh, honorable and even critical. And MSGS is our great idea, but uh, right now we're, I think we're kind of working with an old system. So I guess in closing, that's, I'm just putting my pitch for, for a revamp of the hazard communication standard and, and get um, make this thing work a little bit more seamlessly for everybody. Yeah, Roger that. I know exactly what you mean. I had a new phone book show up on the porch the other day. You know, huge stack of paper, and my comment to my wife as soon as I saw it was, well, we can just throw that in the recycle bin because I, I have all that available online. Right. Why do I want to take up a shelf with this, you know, basically giant book of advertising? And it's going to go out of date. You know, you have that on the shelf five, ten years. How good is that information anymore? Yeah, I know it in my MSDS book in our hazard communication program that I've got MSDSs for paint products. Yes, we're still using those paints. But, you know, they're 12 or 14, 15 years old. You know, they change the formula on these paints every year, twice a year. I mean, it's a constant revolving door of products. Yeah, and if you're, you know, if your employer was serious about Hascom and, and uh, you know, wanted to stay up on it, they'd be downloading these things all the time. You know, they wouldn't let an MSDS get more than five years old. But I'll tell you, when you're downloading them, you feel like you just did it. If you did it, if you're doing it every five years, as soon as you go to do it again, you, you feel like you had just got the MSDS the last time. I mean, five years goes by really fast, and a lot of these things don't change, but but you kind of don't know which ones have changed um, until you go look. And it, it is a 
It isn't easy. There are some online subscription programs for MSDS. So what if I just sign up for one of those and then tell the ocean inspector, yeah, I'm, I maintain those online and I can go get them whenever I want to and I don't have hard copies? Uh, some companies do that. or uh, And I think some of those services have a broad enough spectrum. Um, I've actually even tried to defeat them where I try to find a chemical in that workplace and then call the 800 number. And I haven't managed to yet. Um, so I haven't tried that hard, but uh, but I have tried. So I think some of those services might be might be a good way to go. Um, but you have to have, you know, all your employees have to be trained in that 800 number. You can put a sticker on all the phones or whatever, and and uh, they really do have to have the MSDSs for the chemicals you're using. So that's an option. Uh, it costs money, and I don't know, particularly with maritime. You know, I don't know if any of these. Um, these places are going to have all the maritime chemicals you're using because they're kind of a shore site based. And also, are you going to have phone lines all the time? What if I maintain them electronically or subscribe to a DVD system or something like that, again, as opposed to maintaining hard paper copies? I think that's, you know, OSHA has interpreted that to be fine, too, as long as everyone has access to them. So that means there has to be a computer terminal available 24-7 or whenever employees are around. And they have to know how to use that, and you know it. Um, and there has to be, you know, reasonable access. Like they'll actually use it if it's sitting on the captain's computer, and and the poor processor has to come up and ask for permission to do it. There's a lot of deterrent in there, and I think that wouldn't really meet meet the spirit of the law. But uh, if if you had it, you could set it up certainly that way where everyone would have access, then that would be fine. I think that covers our topic of MSDSs for household quantity products, for consumer safety products. We'll post a link in the show notes for the letter of interpretation that uh, was quoted from, along with the standard 1910.1200, paragraph B69, so that people can follow up on that. And uh, thanks for joining us today, Amy. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Spot on Safety. If you want to ask a question or leave a comment, you can email us. The address is spotonsafety at iworkwise.com.